0: Hey, everyone. So this week, I just released my latest book. Uh, It's called The Book of Why and How. It's the result of the thousands of hours of interviews that I've done with many of the world's highest of achievers. As you know, uh, we're over now 4,000 interviews. So I tried to take what I learned during those interviews and put them together in this brand new book. It also includes insight by close to 400 of those same thought leaders, you know, their quotes, photos, the whole works in this book as well. And really what... I guess motivated me to put this book together is, and I don't share this story often, but I started with a Fortune 500 company back in the, I guess it was the mid to late 90s. And it was the 58th largest company in North America at the time. And I was really shocked to find out in the first week I started, I had almost zero training. I felt helpless and hopeless. And I really said to myself then, I want to make sure that I helped other people not have to go through what I went through. You know, because helplessness or hopelessness doesn't have to be at the start of a new job. It can be various aspects of your life. And I really wanted to learn what these uh, high achievers, these thought leaders were doing differently so that I could share it with other people in easily digestible ways and in the case of a book, a low-cost way so that you could learn from what these people have done and I could learn from what they had done during my interviews as well and so that we could uh, maybe avoid that hopelessness or helplessness we feel when we don't have access to that type of experience exclusive insight that other people may have access to. So again, put this book together uh, to hopefully address that. I launched it with a Kickstarter campaign, and that's mainly because I wanted to be able to offer some really exclusive bonuses for the people that support the project. At the same time, it's a way for people to be a part of it and and help support the project and make sure it comes to life. Uh, So really excited to bring this all together. Uh, The bonuses themselves, you can actually find right on the website. If you go down the right-hand side, it lists the different levels different numbers of books you can buy and you'll find exclusive bonuses which each different level worth checking out I think Uh, again the idea with the book is to hopefully give you access to insight you wouldn't normally be able to get unless you spent the same thousands of hours that I spent researching this and interviewing these high achievers and again as well the book you know was something that was spurred on because of something that happened earlier in my life and my hope is that It serves as a game changer or a transformational moment for you, you know, the moment you start reading the book and hopefully the moment that you finish it. So if you want to learn more about it, if you want to grab your copies today, if you want to get access to these great bonuses, or if you just want to support this project uh, because you want to make sure it jumps off the ground in a big way, feel free to go to thebookofwhy.com, again, thebookofwhy.com. Dot com, and you'll get all of the information there. And of course, as always, love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. You can reach us at conversationswithleaders at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Shelly, AKA The Phoenix. Are you ready to be motivated, educated, entertained, and inspired? Well, you have come to the right place. Now get your pen and paper ready because you're listening to the newest episode of the Conversations with Passion radio show with your host, Corey Poirier.
0: Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier and excited to be back with the latest edition of the Conversations with Passion radio show and excited to have a, I'll say, a first-time guest, uh, second time interviewee. I've interviewed her before, but we haven't had her on the show yet. So she is a first time guest in the show. Uh, so Carrie Mills-Paul, really excited to have you here today. And I think probably the best starting point would be to get you to tell us, if you don't mind, Carrie, a little bit about your backstory or journey for our listeners to maybe discover you for the very first time today.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I don't want to start all the way with once upon a time on March 15th, I was born, but I'll go back a little bit. Um, I think we're all born with this. I can save the world mindset, or I can help people. But what does that look like? And mine goes back to age four, wanting to be Wonder Woman. Well, that didn't happen. So, <laughs> I, so I chose a different route, you know, throughout the years. But I still believe we all get to wear our our armor, our warrior gear, and make a difference on this planet. And in 2005, right after I had my baby girl, it kind of woke up to I get to have a platform and I was introduced to wellness coaching. I chose to go back to school, get my holistic degree, and thought, gosh, this is kind of cool. I can heal people, I can help them. This is where I get to put on that Wonder Woman super cape. Yay, I can finally wear a cape, you know, kind of mindset. And, in, and through life, as um, I discuss this a lot with my clients and the message out there, you, your branding and what your purpose is is gonna change and evolve as you grow and change and evolve. You're never stuck in one spot. So even new business owners out there that are thinking, well, I'm afraid to make this choice because it feels like it'll be rooted and locked in stone. No, it doesn't. It's just make, make progress over perfection and just move forward. You're going to evolve and transform anyway. So I, I evolved into the online business world about 2014 is when I made the permanent shift over and have been playing in that arena ever since. And what makes me so happy every day is I get to shine a light on other public figures. That's literally what I do, whether it's online through my online marketing and digital agency or it's on the stage where they love to do be, act, speak, whatever their purpose is and shine their light. So those are the two platforms I play in today through obviously a lot of evolution in the business world and online marketing. This is where I've landed as of right now, 2017. <laughs> Anything can change next year, as you know. But that's where I like to play. I like to give permission for people to shine their light and I like them to be seen. That's truly how I feel in order to be known, you've gotta be seen. So how can I help people be seen and then my, my gifts are the online marketing world, as most of us are glued to our phones every day or on the stage. So that's just a little nutshell of Miss Carrie, how she landed to where she is today.
0: I love that. Uh, you know, And, and I really, am, I have a soft spot, obviously, for what you do on both sides of the fence, at least when we talk about those two areas. And so when we talk about the online first, Carrie, I guess what I'd like to get your thoughts on, because this is an area that so many people struggle with you know how do I sort of make a dent in the online universe what does it all mean how can I keep up I mean there's so many things to it and I guess probably my first question and this is probably a biggie but when it comes to there's two parts to this so first of all I'll ask you when it comes to trying to crush it online if you will Mm -hmm. The challenge now is there's so many different areas or aspects to it. For example, even just social media, we can talk about, you know, five or six main platforms and then a whole bunch of other ones that people are using as niche platforms. And that's just social media. And that's not including, of course, learning all of the different tools that you can use online and even like things like Zoom or Skype, which one do I choose? There's so much to it. So you being sort of a, an expert on the online space and also helping clients make a dent there, where do, you know, where do you recommend people start so that they don't get, let's say, discouraged or get lost in the shuffle of all the things they could possibly doing to sort of make that dent?
1: I love it, and this is totally my play space. So you're, you're not overwhelming me at all with this question. <laughs> um, first and foremost, what's more important than the platform you choose to play in is your message. And getting really clear on your reasons why you are here. Who, You know, sometimes we go outward before we go inward, and that's where marketing gets screwed up. It's not that type of headspace. It's more of a soul space. Why am I here? What makes me happy? What can I do every day that feels like play versus something very, very hard? Because let me just dwell on that for five seconds. A lot of us think work needs to be hard. And in order to get paid for something, it's got to be difficult. I look at it as a different way when it's really challenging for you. And I'm not talking about just, I'm going to master my gifts or I'm going to master my expertise. I'm not talking about playing the game until you're really good at it. I'm talking about trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. That doesn't work. You're not in alignment with what you're supposed to be doing here in this lifetime. I personally believe that we're all given with gifts, kind of like a toolbox. So, you know, as you learn and grow, you get to open up one, one little compartment of that toolbox. And, and find and unlock your little secrets that you were given these little gifts you know it's kind of what it feels like at times but your message is more important than anything it's it's getting to that clarity of what feels effortless almost what feels so easy and fun what am I doing naturally already you know I used to get in trouble for playing on Facebook in the corporate world now I get paid to to play on Facebook and there's still this little inner voice that says "Is this really good use of your time you know all these little little beliefs pop up I'm like eh, shouldn't you be doing something else I'm connecting with people how is that a bad thing that's my brand you know that's what I get to be so really get clear on the message what you're here to do who you are to become what you want to do that's effortless and fun then pick your platform and there is a lot of noise out there and marketing, oh my gosh, it's going to change tomorrow anyway. So you might as well just find a place you enjoy playing and stick with that, master that. Whether it's Facebook, Instagram, email marketing, you know, click funnels, LinkedIn, YouTube, video, whatever your heart sings. I'm a speaker. You know, I was told to shut up and sit down my whole life. Go be quiet and sit in a corner. Of course, I was. That's my purpose. You know, like I had to overcome some beliefs to give myself permission to talk. So now, how is that at me as a speaker? What is my best platform? It's most likely going to be video, even though I enjoy writing. Most likely, that's the platform I should play in. Okay, so what's got the most video platforms? Well. Currently, as of this very second, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, YouTube, you know, you're thinking of places where you can get in front of people's faces and shed your light and share your gifts. So it's more about what you want to do, then pick one to two platforms and ignore the rest. Don't get stuck in overwhelm. You don't need to spread yourself thin. If you don't want to be on every social media platform, then don't be because nothing looks worse than a Twitter feed that doesn't have a tweet on it since last year. It looks like you're closed. You're not, is anyone open? Is anyone, are you still alive? I mean, that's not a very good feeling or a good impression to give off as a business owner. So that's my impression is really to go with it first then pick your platform that you want to play on based on obviously the audience. You don't want to go hang out in LinkedIn. If you're looking for young teenagers, you want to go to Snapchat, and Instagram. But if you are looking for the corporate business mind and professional LinkedIn is the better demographic space to play, you know, and so on, my daughter's 13 and she told me, mom, nobody plays that. Nobody's on Facebook, just old people. I'm like, perfect. Those are the people I'm trying to talk to. If I'm old and you think I'm old, those are my demographic, you know, people in their forties. So I'm like, whatever, you know, <laughs> but choose where your people are, are hanging out. What sandbox do you, does your ideal client hang out in? And that's where you want to play, you know, by all means. So good stuff, good stuff. I hope that helps a little bit. Yeah, no, way. and I,
0: I love that because that's where I think people get challenged is they just think I have to be all things to all people and I have to be in all places. And, you know, a great yeah. example, Carrie, is podcasting where, you know, here we are, uh, we have two shows, you know, one more online radio, one more podcasting, but both shows still around. And, you know, I know from, I knew Ray from probably two years in, that that is rare. In fact, I think I heard I, I heard a statistic that iTunes I think it was like, uh, if a show is going to be abandoned, it's abandoned in the first nine to 10 episodes. Mm. And more people that quit on podcasting there than there are that stay longer than two years. So, you know, yeah. I think what well, I think what goes on there is people it goes back to what you just said, people think they hear podcasting is the new hot thing and they think I'm I'm gonna love podcasting. This is gonna be my thing. And then they jump on and they they don't realize how much work's involved. Um, mm. if they don't have a million listeners in a week, they kind of think, oh, well, why am I doing this? I should jump on to the next shiny thing. So I think it goes back to what you said. It's it's more important to figure out what you're good at, what you enjoy, perhaps, than it is to try to just figure out um, where I can be all time, you know, where I can be all the time in every way.
1: Right. Absolutely. Pick your platform and make sure it's one you like, because you're going to be there a while. (laughs) Pick your stage, your online stage. Yep.
0: Absolutely. And so and then I guess, Carrie, you know, I, I mentioned that was the first area I wanted to go with the sort of the overwhelm, if you will, or how do we sort of keep up with it all? Um, would you say that that because my secondary question on that note was going to be, how do we sort of stand out in the crowd? How do we make our dent in the universe? Is that is that also how we stand out from the crowd is is to actually be passionately focused on the, the platform or two that fits us the best?
1: Absolutely. You know, it's like trying to wear someone else's shoes because it worked for them and they, you know, they got a lot of attention that day and they walked five miles in those shoes. And then we go to try to put them on and they don't fit right. They give us blisters. Um, they, they are, In fact, they might not fit at all and they're falling off of us and we can't walk those five, 10 miles like that person just did. You need to pick your own shoes. You need to pick your own identity. You're, you're, you've got to stick with who your truth is and what your truth is inside. Um, you know, it is what it is. It's so easy to get in the comparison game, especially in the beginning stages. And I do point my clients in that direction, especially if they're brand new to this brand new to branding, starting up their own platform. But I only want them to look at other experts, not to compare their start to someone else's middle and get stuck in the overwhelm of comparison, which is the thief of joy. It's to go treat it like a buffet. What do I like about this person? What do I not like? that's so not me is to help them see themselves. It's almost like a mirror reflection when you're looking at other people's branding. You're like, yeah, that's not me. Nope. That doesn't resonate. That does, that does that, that I want to keep. That's the buffet. That's the item I want to put on my plate. So I have them do that. But the key is the more authentic you are, the less competition you have. The more you stand in who you are as a person and even embrace the quirkiness. That's where we get stuck in our businesses. How many times do we remember those certain brands out there because they always do something silly at the end of their video or they always wear something in their video or they have this funny way of saying things or, you know, just stuff that truly makes us unique. Like You can ask my friends. My quirky silliness is my back theater background. I'll bust out into dialect for no apparent reason in the middle of happy hour because it's fun. It's a part of who I am. I even do it in my talks. You know, I just spoke last week and they're laughing because I went right into a whole different character about two seconds in. It's because that's who I am. I have three years of theater behind me. I grew up on stage. I I don't want to always be Carrie from Michigan. That's kind of boring. Let's be... Let's be Natasha from Russia, you know, it's like, let's be, I'm going to be Svetlana today. You know, it's like, that's more fun, (laughs) you know, or tea time in in London. And it's just, you know, and that's the stuff I used to hide from, from the corporate world, especially God forbid to bring that into the conference room, but it's light. It's fun. It's people remember all my best friends. They all like, know I have a name for each character. I bust out because it's fun. And that gets, show that side more, show that side more. That's what brings your unique flavor to the planet. And that's where the competition goes away. You know, you're not like everybody else with the same colors, the same words, the same pitch. We have to program, and I hate to say it, program, probably not the right word, condition or educate our audience because they're getting smarter. That's why marketing the things that were working just, gosh, three months ago don't work today or a year ago or longer. They're getting educated and what not to listen to. They're getting tone deaf because the same words are being used over and over again. When I see make seven figures and I I immediately tune it out. It's been killed to death. But if you come to me with a story, authentic story, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to listen, especially if it's personal. I'm going to lean in and listen and then make your offer connect first, then offer and not shove this stuff in people's faces. Again, people are tone deaf out there. You know, And if you want to condition your audience to listen and, and take a call to action, you've got to be real, as real as possible. So what's your quirkiness, Corey? I know you've got one. Do you have any weirdness to you? <laughs>
0: my, my, you know what? My quirkiness, it's funny. it's probably it goes back to what you just said. Not as much on, let's say, the improv side, but... My background, I spent years in stand-up comedy, so that probably comes out of me whenever I'm, uh, you know, if I'm out with friends or even in the business world, uh, I think it's probably the fact that I'm okay with, you know, letting the the pie fall on my face. (laughs) So that, I guess that's probably, if I had to pick one, that's probably it.
1: Okay. So so when I see you, pie in the face, that's what you get. I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) You'll know that you'll be like, okay, you'll already have the pie baked and ready.
1: That's right. So you're good with poking fun at yourself. That's kind of fun. Very cool. See, and we all got something. And so,
0: and and what, so, you know, I guess what the other thing that that pops into my head in terms of that, so, you know, we've talked of course about authenticity being uh, one of the the game changers, if you will. And, uh, and, you know, you mentioned as well picking the right platform for you. So figuring out who you are at the core in terms of how you actually best work in terms of spreading your message I guess the next thing I'm curious about is in terms of, I guess, that we talked about that sort of that dent in the universe. In terms of basically, you know, you've heard, of course, the 10,000 hour rule. So I shouldn't say of course, but if you heard of the 10,000 hour rule uh, about the fact that we need to put in 10,000 hours to master any craft. Right. How big of a part do you think that plays, Carrie, in terms of whereas in the past it used to be people seem to focus on one thing. Now a lot of us are multi-passionate. Um, so do you think the, the hard work and putting in the time to learn the craft is still as important as it
1: used to be? Absolutely. Uh, the word expert is thrown out there a little too, too I don't know, flamboyantly. That's the route to say. It's thrown out there simply and without really taking it into character. Now, I don't want people to think, oh, I've got to go back and get another degree. I've got to go back to school. It's not even about that. I think self-education, self-taught, and self-development is probably the best on the planet, not to disregard our, our universities out there. But really mastering and hunting your craft is beautiful, and it pays off later. If you're a speaker like me... I'll record that speech over and over and over and over and time myself, time myself, time myself, making sure all 37 slides are memorized. I know which one I'll lay in bed thinking what comes after slide five. Oh yeah, that story for slide six, seven, eight. There's nothing wrong with really getting your craft mastered. In fact, you'll come across more polished, but even more so, it's not even how we see you. You'll feel more confident. You'll give off this vibrancy of, I know this is the solid step forward. I've been there, I've been through this journey. I know without a shadow of a doubt, you not. You need to now go in this direction. So the confidence all by itself is an energy as well that you're giving to your audience. So it's very important to go, go that direction. What better way though to learn how to swim than to jump in? A lot of us stay on the shore reading about how to learn to swim. <laughs> instead of jumping in and figuring it out, you know, you know, you can move your arms, legs, hold your breath, you know, things of that nature. You're not going to learn that in the book. So at some point don't stay on the edge of the cliff. You got to jump in, you got to jump in and learn to swim. So it's super important. And there's, and I just want to give some assurance to the audience too, this, listening to this, that thinks, Oh gosh, what do I have to go back to school for? How many books do I have to read Carrie or podcasts do I have to listen to? There may be things you've mastered that you didn't even realize you have. Look back at your past. What have you done in a past corporate job or something you've done so much? Like in my past corporate life, I did more webinars than I ever wanna even try to count. So in my current business, I jumped right into webinars because it was, felt comfortable, it was natural. I'd already been doing it for five years for, the, for a global business coaching company. Of course, I'm gonna take that right into my business and talk about it and educate my clients to use the same format of education. So take a look at what you've done in your past even your own formal resume, if you're still in a job and go, what have I done over and over and over and over, and over again? You know, at least 10,000 hours to have mastered that. And that's what about five years at 40 hours a week. I'm trying to think of where that math comes from.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> have to crunch those numbers myself. But that, <laughs> I, I don't want, I don't want to just say, yes, it is. and then, and then <laughs> Let
1: me get the calculator. That's right. Crazy lady. i'm trying to remember where i first heard that too from i was like oh yeah so where have you worked somewhere for five years or done something for five years at a full-time hourly rate if you think of like 40 hours in a work week Um, us entrepreneurs know we work way more than that but just to get kind of an idea so it's just it's just interesting to me that um you know a lot of people are putting themselves out there as an expert but are not you know they've never even done it yet that gives a whole nother level to fake it before you make it, you know, kind of mindset. I don't say to be misleading, but you do need to jump in at some point, you're not going to know everything before you start swimming, you just need to jump in, you're going to learn faster. You know, just just go just swim as you go, by all means.
0: <laughs> but and you know what, Carrie, there's a great quote. And, and again, I'd be remiss to say who you know, who it's from, because I've heard it at least from two people, I think I've heard it from Les Brown and Zig Ziglar, meaning I've heard it from mm-hmm. local camps. And I'm sure I've heard it from from others as well but the quote is something along the lines of you don't have to be great to get started but you certainly have to start to get great yes and i think uh, 100 yes and so now we, we've kind of covered two more areas uh you know which is the idea of course of taking action and then also honing your craft one of the things i want to ask you about because you mentioned this and this really i don't know why you know some things we, we just they cling to us or they, they jump into our head and and i feel like you have to explore them but you mentioned about the um getting tired of sort of hearing that you want to make a you know a million dollars or a million and here's the new trend i've noticed and when i say this i'm not judging it i'm not saying it's good or bad i'm just i guess observing it and and trying to decide where it goes from here but now the people are kind of sick of it the new marketing twist is to say they run ads that say are you tired of hearing about the people that make a jillion billion dollars uh, doing this or that uh, let me tell you my story but the interesting part is So far, I've seen three of them in in the past week. So now people are realizing that, oh, everybody's tired of this, so let's jump on. But I think what's going to happen is then everybody's going to get tired of the news spin. But what the people are saying, which is interesting, is they're saying, are you tired of people saying they've made a million dollars that probably haven't or that haven't or what have you? But then they say, um, well, learn from me, somebody who has made a million dollars. But Mm -hmm. as I hear it, I start thinking, isn't that a he said, he said, or he said, she said, or she said, she said in the sense that, so now I'm taking, now I'm taking it at your word that you made a million dollars <laughs> because you're telling right. me the other person who I don't know, but I'm meeting you for the first time because of your Facebook ad and you're saying, you can't trust that they made a million dollars. Let me show you how I made a <laughs> million. And I know I'm not saying that the person didn't, but it's a weird spin to say, yes. aren't you sick of them doing this? But I'm going to do the same thing. Just, so right. just spin on it.
1: It gives it actually, in all honesty, just you saying that both, both feel yucky to me, feel icky, heavy energy. I'm empathic and intuitive, so I feel everything. And I, not, you don't have to be an empath, but we still feel your marketing. We feel the energy behind your words. So as long as it's true to your roots and your authentic truth, the better it's going to come across. And if you've got to show the vulnerable side, say, look, I didn't, I don't, you know what it is? It's not honestly about who doesn't want to make a million dollars. Duh. Of course, everybody wants to be a millionaire. That's a no brainer. But do we believe you? No. That's where their challenge is. No one believes you anymore. Everyone's been sold at least once a get-rich-quick scheme. Therefore, our guards are higher. That's where you need to focus on in your marketing. How do you get people to let down the wall? Because as soon as they see that, and I'm just as guilty, I spin right past it, spin right over it, I don't even read it, I can feel it, it feels yucky, it feels icky. I feel like I'm being pitched to. It doesn't feel real. In this industry, it's human to human. We're not, you're not a billboard if a public if you're a public figure, you're not a billboard. You're not a corporate building. You're a person. So show us as much humanness as you can. That's what's gonna attract other humans. That's your bait. Show my human side so I can attract other humans. If humans are your target, and most likely we all are, you know, we're selling to people. Not animals, not not today anyway. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like, how do I attract like with like? Do I want to attract a shady, skeptical client? Then stop. I want a real client that's ready to get in with the trenches, roll up their sleeves and actually make things happen in their business. Not, you know, second guess me every five minutes or think I'm selling them just well, a little truth.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And and even just the way you even what you mentioned there could be a lot better, in my opinion, um, ad copy, than, than some of the stuff I'm seeing when you mentioned about, you know, of course, everybody wants to make a million dollars. Of course, we all do. But right. that's not where it necessarily has to start. Like, you know, I, I often thought like they're saying this person's saying they made a million, aren't you tired of that? Then maybe a different approach would be like you just said, of course, I want to make a million dollars, but let's talk about something that, you know, let's talk about overall wealth, let's say, as an example. And that can encompass doing work that you love and who you have to become to become a millionaire and all those type of things. I think that would probably pull somebody more in rather than you say, you know, don't trust them, but trust me. I, I don't know. It's right.
1: Just, yeah. It's icky. It's like, yeah, I'm better than they are. It's just silly. It's You can't win with either message. It's just silly. It's like you're playing games with the audience. It doesn't feel good at all. Uh, I don't like it. So here's
0: yeah. one more question.
1: You know, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to just state, I couldn't care less about making a million dollars. If, it, if it's going to take, and I'm just going to be truthful here, if it depends on the conditions around the million dollars. So somebody's level of success or the definition of success, mine is freedom. If I'm going to make a million, but I'm strapped every day, can't do what I love, don't have time for my daughter and family, stressed out and my health goes sideways, guess what? I don't want your million dollars. So you got to get to the core of what, what really makes people tick and what they really want. Because the money is just the accessory. It's just the keeping score. It's a way of, you know, kind of the outer layer of the energy of what you're really doing. So, if, you know, what conditions does it come to? Some people are like, oh, I want to find the love of my life. Okay, but well, what if that love of your life beats you every day and verbally abuses you? You know, so look at the conditions behind it. And again, that messaging doesn't work for everyone. You know, I, I, I don't want to be strapped. I'm not that overachiever person that wants to burn themselves out every day and not have a life. That's not what attracts me to what I do today. It's the freedom. It's the lifestyle. So just had to touch base on that. No, I, those I, people.
0: I, agree. <laughs> I agree completely. And the only other thing I want to ask you about the online side uh, before I jump into the speaking side and, and I say that, Carrie, I mean, I know we 're barely scratching the surface. I may with your permission, have to call it a to be continue because i I just have this feeling that it's we 're barely covering any ground, but at the same time we 're covering a lot of ground if that makes sense. I just know yes. there 's so much more we could cover. But the one other thing I want to ask you about in terms of the online space, and probably why I want to ask you about this is because I just finished writing an article this weekend on a flight about this after having it happen so many times to me, and I know it does to you and I know it does to so many others where people connect with us or vice versa. I'll use LinkedIn as an example. They connect with us and then we agree to connect with them. And then later that day, we get this message that's like a generic, uh, what do you call it? Uh, LinkedIn DM, you know, just a generic uh, or message that basically says, hi, person. I love the stuff you're doing. Like me, I get the request to be on the show and people say, hi podcast host we we love your podcast it was amazing um here's why you should have me on and then it's like 12 pages of bio and i guess when i when i bring this up i'm sorry the article i called it uh the case for uh, sorry uh, the case for unsocial media in a social world and so basically it's around the idea that today, there's a lot of people that don't get social media in the sense that they think it's about numbers. And I'm just going to jump on and add people like crazy. And that part might be fine. But then the reach out is basically, like I said, Hey, dear user, you're awesome. We should uh, start a partnership together starting next week and make millions of dollars together. But I, I, I don't know if you get some of those general yes. messages. But can you talk to that in terms of how icky that feels? I mean, to me, at least, yeah. that feels really icky.
1: I ignore hundreds of LinkedIn messages, hundreds, 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 like weekly hundreds. It's ridiculous because it's high buy from me or, um, schedule a session. I don't know you. It's, it's, it's an icky feeling. It's like asking for your hand in marriage on the first date. That's truly what it is. And I know we're trying to, we think it's a numbers game. Well, if you seriously, let's take it to dating because that's what sales is in the long run. It's very similar. That's why I use it energetically you know, a lot in my teaching. Okay. So date 50 women that week. Are you going to get a propose? You know, I propose to every single female. See, see if you get by chance going to get a, are you going to get a, a yes? <laughs> Maybe I doubt it, but let's, you are you going to piss off 50 women? Yes. Are you going to get 50 restraining orders? Probably. <laughs> you know, you're going to get blocked. Let's be real. No one wants to jump into bed with you right then. It's, that's what it feels like. It feels like that. It's like, Can't you get to know me first? And I know I'm coming from a female space. (laughs) I know some men are like, I'll jump into bed on the first date. No problem. And, And some women do too, but it's about just get to know me. Let's create a relationship because I believe right beginnings or right endings start with right beginnings, create the foundation first, get to know that person, connect, see what they're all about. See if they're even your ideal client or your ideal business partner, joint venture before you jump all in, you know, before you dive in head first. I research this person a little bit. You know, I'm going to lunch with um, an owner of a publishing company here in, in Vegas. I've been wanting to meet this beautiful woman. You know, I pulled her in myself energetically though. Now she's my raving fan and seeking to meet me and ask me to lunch next tomorrow. It's like, that's how it works. You kind of pull that in, get to know a person, pull in their energy, see if you can work together, then play it by ear. No different than any other first date. That's the way we should connect. Social media makes us lazy you know, to just quick copy, paste, send a message, treat everybody generically. We can feel that we're just a number to you. You Do something personal.
0: I'd have to say, Carrie, too, I love that uh, in the sense that if I look at the examples, whenever I've been invited on a show or uh, somebody's got my attention in terms of being on our show, 99% of the people that we bring on the show are people that, You know, I've met through travels or my assistant has, or there's some connection. We see somebody up in the Yeah. But the people that reach out the way I just mentioned, very generically, I would say that those, out of of 100% of the people that approach us, 90% are like that. And out of those 90%, I would say less than 5% get even read to the bottom. Whereas the people that approach us, so Mm the 10% that approach and say, hey, Corey, I was listening to your episode with Jack Canfield. You know, Jack talked about the rule of five. And I'm going to start using that, doing that with my book. At the same time, I know you probably have a lot of amazing guests, you know, people like Jack, it's hard to get on the show, but here's why I think I'd be a good fit. That is going to get me to pay attention every day of the week, more than dear podcast hosts. I love your podcast, insert name here. (laughs) As you can tell, this is kind of a thorn in my side.
1: It's okay, honey, let's clear this energy. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just right there with you because I get attacked every day. It feels like an attack. It feels very cold and, and just nobody wants to feel like they're just a number. Make us feel special that you actually took the time to go. I noticed your daughter, Shyla. When they call my daughter by name, you've got my attention. That means you've been paying attention. Um, I like to joke and say, you know, I got into the Las Vegas community. I feel Facebook famous. People come up to me and give me hugs. I don't know who they are. But they've been following you. They're impressed, and then they say, "I love what you posted two days ago about blah blah blah." Oh, guess what? You've got my attention now because you're actually paying attention to me. Like what? You've given me five seconds of your time. I'm going to give you more than that. I'm going to give you time too. You know, quality times everybody's love language to an extent, and just seeing that you stopped two seconds in your day to actually research something important, you're going to get that every time. It's back to authenticity. You know, not just blasting stuff out there, hoping for the best. It's not going to work, guys. That definitely doesn't work for me or Corey. So we've clearly stated that.
0: <laughs> uh, that I, that's perfect. That's great. That's it. I mean, I think we've uh, we covered the online side, I think, fairly well. I wanted to switch over as we start to wind down to the speaking side. Uh, you mentioned that's the other side where you spend a lot of your time. And I guess, Carrie, maybe first starting point, because you, you have a unique perspective uh, versus maybe uh, individual speakers, Mike, but if you look at some of the speakers that you take on and the speakers you work with, you know, for, pe- for like people listening now that want to get into the speaking industry or they're already in the speaking industry and they're trying to figure out what are the common traits of the top speakers, are there maybe, you know, two or three things that you see that the top speakers that you bring on or represent do really well? and maybe even differently from other speakers?
1: You know, that's a good question, because for those that are listening, I decided to launch a speaking agency this year, and I didn't decide it. It chose me, and I'll tell you why, because my why is to get out there more. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up on stage. I grew up seeing Dad change lives from the pulpit, from the stage of church. Okay, so it really hit me to the core as a little girl. Growing into my speaking abilities and knowing That's always been my gift is to connect and educate audiences, motivate them, inspire them. I've had this own purpose deep inside of me that I need to do this more. And the more I don't do it when I go left, when God wants me to go right, I feel like it gets yanking me over. You know, it's, it's that inner calling that keeps pulling at you and you're like, I know I'm supposed to be there. The more I avoid it, the harder that path is going to be. So this kind of chose me. The one resistance I had was, but, you know, an argument I would have with myself and God was, but I'm a single mom. I can't be on the road all the time. And I don't want to be on the road all the time. I don't want to live in a hotel room, but I do want to connect with so many people. Well, hello, I'm in Las Vegas. It's the convention capital world. It's just like, events come to you. So there goes your excuse. Second excuse I brought too was, again, you know, well, is it financially going to be stable enough? It's not reoccurring income. How can I still play in the speaker's world, not just looking for myself, but now I get to help other speakers get on stage. And I'll I'll be honest, it's kind of nice to take a break from selling the service and doing the service. Now I get to just sell the service, but my butt gets to stay home. I don't have to get on the plane that day. But someone else gets to shine your light and have that ripple effect. So it still triggers my inner purpose like, yes, still getting the light out there and getting people's purpose out there. Reaching millions, that ripple effect still gets to happen. Meanwhile, I still get to get out there too. You know, my speaking engagements are going to pick up very fast in the next year, but I get to kind of cherry pick that, you know, go, no, I'm going to send another client that way. Or maybe I'll fill one stage with three of my speakers because they all seem to hit. Now to get to the details of what makes a speaker unique and why I take them on, I really care more about their why they've chosen to be speaker than what they're speaking, their talks are about. That's, not, that's irrelevant to me, that can change tomorrow. They can change their talk style, they can change their key point topics to anything. But it has to always reflect their why. Why I choose who I've chosen to work with and I think I tend at the moment, we're still taking up actually probably more than that because we have applications right now that we're reviewing. No different than a speaking bureau, we're very selective of who we work with because again, I want variety. Sometimes I do fill the stage with more than one speaker. So it's kind of fun to be able to fill in those gaps. But more importantly, I only want to work with speakers that have a deep rooted to why they do what they do. I want to feel their passion. Because if I can feel it, so is the meeting planner, event planner, whoever the client that, you know, decides to hire them is going to feel it. The audience is going to feel it. Their marketing is going to feel it. It's just a win-win all around. So that's really the biggest thing I look for is the variety of course, be unique and different and have a good strong why. Like I have one in particular that is trying to educate his audience about the gaming industry because he himself got super addicted to gaming, online gaming, and got so depressed he almost tried to kill himself. So he's got this strong wine burning in his gut. If you'll get on stage and talk about what you talk about for free, then we know it's a burning hole in your gut, not just you'll do it for money. Because I, of course, want you to get paid because then I get paid. But It's got to be that burning, I got to tell the world about this kind of passion. That's what I look for.
0: It's interesting you say that because I find most of the speakers that I sort of had been a fan over over the years watching from afar uh you know one who's passed away and whether people were a fan of him or his business or what have you a business approach was Steve Jobs who when you yeah. do shows, most people would say was among the best presenters if not in the top three in the world, and at least that we saw on a regular basis and there's no question in my mind that Steve Jobs was not speaking for money. You know, he, he, he yeah. could have paid as high as pretty well, the highest paid speakers we see out there, much like Tony Robbins. I mean, the irony yes. is these are the guys that would yes. do it for free. There's no question. Yep. In my opinion, Tony Robbins would walk on a stage, would have walked on the stage and spoken for free with his energy any day of the year. And the irony, yeah. is because he's got so much of that energy and because he's got so much passion for his message, lo and behold, he becomes one of the top paid speakers in the world. You yep. know I think the people that have what you just said that would do it for free, truly would do it for free and aren't focusing on the money are typically the ones I think that become among the best speakers.
1: Yes, and they have the highest ticket price. It's shocking. It has to go hand in hand. It has to. That's the energy you put out there it always comes back in a monetary value. It's just energy. You know, It's truly how it is. I love that. It's a perfect example. And Steve Jobs, God bless him. You know, Even though he's gone, we still feel him. We still feel his brand. We still feel that, that face to the brand. I'm an Apple product person. It's still there. Isn't that cool that even though you passed on and transitioned over, you've still got that vibration here, that energy can still be felt. And that's what we truly as speakers should always focus on, those, those, those names. I want people to feel like Carrie's just been in this room, just like you would with Tony Robbins been in the room. I want to feel that impact, that lingering energy of, wow, I get to do this? It should just lit a fire under me then I know I did my job for the day.
0: It's, it's funny when you say that, because right now at my desk, I'm looking over to my right. And the book that's on my desk is the presentation secrets of Steve Jobs. (sighs) I always recommend it to people. So I usually have it near me, because if I want to show it on a a video or anything, Um, but then at this, so of course, I'm still feeling his legacy. And then Mm -hmm. and I use Apple products as well. And then Zig Ziglar, who I was first person I was ever introduced to when I got into a sales role, I was handed a VHS. Uh, some of the listeners, that your daughter may not know uh, <laughs> what that is, but a uh, VHS of Zig Ziglar it was the first thing I ever watched, and it had such an impact on me. And I didn't expect it to that I became a fan of his work. And here we are. I think it was, I want to say it's three, maybe four years ago since he passed. And his Facebook page, uh, being run by his son in large part, I think has now four point some million followers, which are sharing his message. And my mother. You know, I, she hears me do an interview with his son and she goes, oh my God, is that the same guy whose quotes I share all the time? So she didn't even know who he was. It never heard of him at, until he passed away. And yet, you know, he's still making an impact on millions of lives. So what kind of legacy is that? I mean, that to me is amazing.
1: Yes, that's what it's all about. That's what you want to do. Always think big picture. What will people think when, when I'm gone? What will they say about me? And you know you're on the right path. It's your so- compass. <laughs>
0: yeah I, I, absolutely and and i think you know well actually that's a good segue to a question so as we wind down carrie i have a few questions if you're okay with it that i would uh, that we typically ask most of our guests everything i asked you before this is is kind of more conversational uh, these three are conversational but they're the questions that usually if i'm going to ask you a couple of sort of questions from the past uh, these are the ones so if you're okay with it um, one of them is a great segue from what you just mentioned in terms of legacy so my question is, if you were able to sit across from a 16 or 18, or you can pick the timeline, in fact, you could even maybe use your daughter as the example, uh, but if you could sit across from a younger version of yourself and give her a piece of life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you think you might tell her?
1: I love this question. And when you look at pictures, I don't know if you have this feeling, but when you look at your pictures of the past, don't you wish you could dive in and go... Don't do it, you know, like you just want to yell at that picture, like, don't go that direction. You want to give our past advice all the time. Um, So, between 16 and 18, (laughs) so many things. Well, on a relationship standpoint, I did give up a lot to be with my ex husband. I gave up uh, the school I wanted to go to, I gave up a lot of things. In retrospect, did I get a beautiful daughter out of the deal? Heck yeah, awesome, and so much learnings. But I did spend 19 years of my life with this man. And I always wonder what would have shifted if I just went off to school in Florida like I wanted to, instead of staying rooted in that relationship. So I probably would tell myself to just open and expand. Life isn't all about a man or attracting a man or getting the right man in your life. It's more about experiencing your truth and what makes you feel alive every day. Because as a teenager, I was a little bit crazy. And I did get stuck in that route for sure.
0: So. I guess uh, the other side, and this maybe ties into passion, you know, when you talk about relationships for some people, um, you know, that passion, the early, what do they call it? The honey, what is it? The honeymoon stage or the, some, oh, newly love. Yeah. I'm trying to remember a friend of mine, she called it the newly love stage. And, you know, so the, yes. the newly love stage, I think there's two ways, you know, passion affects us. One is, of course, in our relationships and our, our love life. There's the other side of, and passion I know has become a word that sadly, is becoming overused. But if we talk about your why or your passion or purpose or your calling, so I give you four words, so that way you don't have to just focus on the word passion. How important is it to, in your opinion, Carrie, to, to uncover your passion and spend your time living that passion?
1: I think it's everything, to be honest, because, you know, and I know the word passion has been overused whatever it makes you feel alive. That's kind of how I look at it. What feels like a true inner calling? Like you were brought to this planet with this, this blueprint to carry out. And you know, you've got to be so passionate about it that if you're not doing it, you're uncomfortable. It does. It feels like you're living without oxygen. You're not happy. Something doesn't feel right. And it is so important. I got caught up in a very young relationship. I was, I met my ex-husband at 15 and married my high school sweetheart. I've been single for 10 years now. I've never been so on point with who Carrie is, why she's here and what needs to happen in this lifetime before I transition over than ever before. Well, we only find that truth when we're by ourselves. We just get that solitude. I believe, and I think I saw like a Beyonce meme go by that said, make sure you have a life before you become somebody's wife. And the reason why is because that's who you are. When you're in your core of who you are and you're so clear, Everything else is just an accessory. Everything, even relationships. Your journey with your co-creator, God. And, and I'm never, I never hide that I'm a spiritual person, that's just who I am, is number one. Everything else is like sprinkles on top. It's a cherry on top. The person that you get to have a journey with that day or have children with. That is a part of your journey. They get to be an accessory. They might be there for life. They might be there for just a season. It doesn't matter. But when you're so caught up in your crew and your, your core and you're rooted down, nothing else affects you. You can sway in the wind, but your roots are deep and nothing will knock you over. If you're not steadfast in those roots, a relationship can come along and distract you, knock you sideways, and you're recovering for 10 years. Now you're not and doing anything with your life. You're in recovery mode. You know, So if those roots are deep, whatever life throws at you is not going to distract you from your true purpose. And again, that true purpose is what gives you true joy. So it's super important. It's everything to me.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, when you mention that, because my mother has been uh, single now for a little over 10 years. And I would certainly say that she seems to know herself better than she ever did. And I have to speak even from my experience. I don't know. I can't think now of the timeline, but I think I was probably single for the better part of about six years um, before I started in a couple of relationships that led to the one that I'm in now who I feel is the right one for me. And so back to what you said is I've learned more about myself. I know more about myself and even what I wouldn't uh, be willing to do in a relationship, what I wouldn't be willing to, you know, give up friends and certain things. Like I have a female friend of mine that every person I went out with after I was, built the friendship and was single for a while I basically said hey she's she's not a condition of this like I'm not willing to give up my friendship with her so you need to know that because I don't want that to become an issue so I tell people beforehand or I'd say you know what if you're gonna if you think you're gonna cheat on me call me and break up with me first it'll be hard to hear but I'd rather you do that and I want to make it easy on you so break up with me rather than cheat on me and I don't think I would have done those things had I not been single for long enough to know me
1: yeah, you learn your boundaries real quick, and what your tolerance level is for. And you're like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's,
0: it's amazing, though. So that, I mean, I think that's uh, we went into a really good direction in relation to passion because we, uh, <laughs> we cover both sides, I think, of the coin. Um, and my very last question, then, outside of, of course, how we can learn more, uh, which I'll make sure to ask you right after this question. But how do you define success, Carrie?
1: Well, I kind of scraped it a little bit to scratch the surface there. Um, Success to me is when I get to do what I want, when I want as much as I want. And it may sound like a spoiled brat kind of version, like I do whatever I want, but not, it's not even about that. It's about um, having, you know, when I'm grumpy, I take a look at my schedule and go, yeah, I'm overbooked every day. I've not gotten any me time or I've not gotten any quality time with my daughter or date nights are getting few and far between. What's going on here? You know, if I start to get a little crabbier than normal, um, there is a normal crabby. But, anyways, beyond that, it's just getting getting that space. Then I know, okay, Carrie's freedom is being taken away. You know, the freedom to. I like days where I don't have to get up to an alarm clock. I like days where it's just in flow and nothing scheduled. I can work on what I need to without looking at the clock. I like days where I'm unplugged and I'm in the mountains, you know? Well, most of the time, there's no signal anyway. So it's perfect spot to get unplugged. So it's just a beautiful space of that. To me, success is being free, feeling free enough to speak what I want to, when I want to work on something till five in the morning. If I'm at a passion project that I just don't want to let go of, not looking at the clock thinking, Oh, I got to get up early and, and fight traffic. That was my old life. So it's really all about the freedom. Success needs freedom. 100%. It's my favorite emotion on the planet.
0: (laughs) Awesome stuff. Well, Carrie Millspaw, this has been an absolute pleasure. I guess the very last question, and I won't say least, I mean, it's a very important question, is for people listening that, you know, and you mentioned that's just two aspects of of how you spend your time, but on helping people on the online side and, and you being on the online side, helping people, and then the other side, helping people. Get speaking engagements or get them in front of the right audience to share their why. Uh, so, if somebody's listening and they want to connect with you, they learn more about either or, or maybe they are a speaker that would resonate really well with you and maybe they want to apply. Uh, where would you send people to further connect with you?
1: Well, if you go to com, that's K A R I E M I L L S P A U G H.com, there's a publicity section. So, right on the homepage, page, if you're a that's looking to apply. I've got a couple options of ways to work with me. There's those that are ready to go. I've been speaking for years. I've spoken in five continents. You know, that person that's ready to just have an agent to help again, maybe supplement their speaking arrangements already and engagements. Then you're ready to go. Your marketing's on top. Then apply. There's an application button to apply, and then we'll review it, of course, and schedule a call with you to learn more about you. If you're someone that's just scratching the surface, I do work with you too. Or you've done your signature talk, you're kind of clear on your message and branding, but you still need some help there. We have done for you marketing packages that help you get really clear from, from creating highlights, sizzle reels of your speaking to your branding, press kits, all those fun things that high paid speaking engagements are looking for. They really are expecting that type of level of professionalism. So I help you with that, with my done for marketing team and crew and also help you hone in your signature talk if you're a little unclear of what your message truly is. We do work with you that way to get you ready for the speaker agency. So it's kind of like the incubator for the agency and then the agency itself. So feel free to fill out that application. If you're just looking to create online marketing streams of income, we have done for you marketing packages, as well in there. So look in the work for work with carry section and you'll find lots of opportunity to connect. And of course, if that's overwhelming, find me on Facebook. <laughs>
0: Awesome, stuff. Well, You're always sharing powerful messages on Facebook and inspiring people. And so, I, I mean, I look forward to seeing your uh, your Facebook uh, post pop up in the newsfeed. It, it sort of, there's, there's many times it makes my day. So I'm not on Facebook uh, as often as many others who are in the sort of same sphere as me. So when I get on. I sometimes I'm only on five or 10 minutes and your posts pop up often and in a good way. And uh, so they, uh, a lot of times they put the big smile on my face and help me continue on with the day. So, so I would recommend awesome. people get on there and, and check out your Facebook, connect on Facebook with you. But absolutely, if they're one of those, they're one of those situations you mentioned, or they want to reach out to you, definitely check out your website and, and look to see how uh, Carrie can help make some magic happen for you. Oh, so, Carrie, this has been, like I said, an absolute pleasure. With your permission, I'll call it a to be continued and uh, and we'll look to bring you back on in the future and keep this uh, message alive.
1: Sounds good to me, Corey. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, that's all, folks. That's another great show with a few great concepts and ideas that might be just what you need to get your ball rolling. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'd like to thank a few people for helping make this show possible. IB Trade Show. Go to IBTradeshow.com. Engaged leadership, go to in-engaged.ca. Permadry, guaranteed solutions for leaky basements, go to permadry.com. Sites and Bytes, your site for great service, sitesandbytes.ca. Oxford Learning, never stop learning, go to oxfordlearning.com. Smile Dog, your receptionist, go to smiledog.ca. Thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of Corey Poirier, I am Marco Kelly, and this has been Conversations with Passion.